Welcome to HR Works, brought to you by BLR. I'm your host, Steve Bruce. HR Works provides clear, relevant, actionable information on topics that matter to HR professionals. When you're armed with best practices, plus the knowledge to keep your organization in compliance, HR works. A big, and I think we could say growing, part of the total package that employers offer to employees is benefits. But many HR managers find it hard to communicate the full value of benefits to employees, and equally hard to calculate the ROI of benefits communication, and then to convince upper management of its value. So to help us out with that, we've asked expert Jennifer Benz to join us today. Jennifer is CEO and founder of Benz Communications. She's been on the leading edge of employee benefits communication for over 15 years, starting with early adopter consumer-driven health plans and now with innovative wellness and social media strategies. Her work has been recognized by Business Insurance, the International Association of Business Communicators, the Profit Sharing Council of America, Employee Benefit News, and others. Welcome to HR Works, Jennifer. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. I'd like to talk a little bit about benefits communication in general and what we want to communicate and how and when, and then uh, go into measuring and reporting the ROI. So let's start out with why it's so important to communicate about benefits. Absolutely. I really think about benefits communication twofold. One is it's incredibly important to communicate about benefits because the business is spending a tremendous amount of money on these programs that are supposed to be connected to the employee value proposition and to business results. And if they're not communicated, people don't know about them, they don't, they don't use them, and they don't appreciate and value them, which we know ties into their loyalty to the, their employer and so forth. But the other side of it is benefits are really important stuff. We, you know, we're talking about health and financial security, how people can take care of themselves and their families. And employers have a really important role in educating their workforce about these really critical topics that help them live their best life today and take care of and plan for their future. And, and I think there's a, there's a tremendous opportunity there to take care of your employees through benefits communication. So twofold, it's, it's critical to get the business results from that investment in benefits that's already there. And then really just to do the right thing for your employees and their families and, and help them make good decisions. Well, that's great. Thank you. Now, is there actually a demonstrated link between better benefits communication and better individual employee performance and engagement? There is. There is a very, very well-documented and very well-surveyed connection between effective communication and employee engagement, not just in their benefits, but in, in the organization overall. So when, you, when it comes to big picture communication and the value of effective communication within an organization, Towers Watson has really done the most extensive research in this area. And they have found that companies with highly effective communication have higher shareholder returns compared to companies with ineffective communication. So there's, there's a, a true business result from this. 
But just on the benefit side, we know that it is employees, it, it's the communication that makes the difference between whether em, employees value their benefits and then are more engaged in the business or they don't value them and there's less of a connection to the business. And MetLife has done great research on that. We also did some research last year with Quantum Workplace. Uh, lots of great data sources out there that, that show that it's really effective communication that helps folks be engaged and, and, and connected to their organization. So we know we want to do it. What, uh, what kinds of information should we be communicating about benefits? Well, there's a tremendous spectrum of employee benefits, and I think this is why it's challenging for companies to communicate them effectively. We have everything that falls under health and wellness and insurance benefits, all of the financial benefits, this growing spectrum of work-life benefits, and, and you know, there's so many different programs. So the, the information that should be communicated is, is really how to use the benefits to get something valuable as, as an employee. Uh, the, the focus of benefits communication should always be about helping employees use the benefits that are most relevant to them. And that means uh, that you have to communicate more frequently and you have to really understand your employees and what your, what your programs are doing for them in order to get them engaged in, in, in all of them. And, and who should you communicate to? Well, of course you should communicate to employees, but you should also be communicating to their family members, their spouse or domestic partner, uh, possibly even their, their children. Uh, we know that the families are the ones using the majority of healthcare costs, so that's, that's one key to the communication equation. But we also know that it's often someone in the family who's making the benefits decisions. Uh, so getting communication to that spouse and to the, that family member is key. And that's why we are such a, a big fan and we've seen so much success with having benefits websites and, and all of that information outside of a company's fi firewall so that employees as well as family members can access it whenever the moment strikes. Great. Now, you mentioned uh, communicating frequently. So what do you think about the annual benefit statement? Are you a fan of that, or should it be more frequent? I am a fan of the annual benefit statement as long as it's not the only thing that employees get about their benefits. What happens far too often is that companies put a ton of resources and a ton of sophisticated resources in the case of an annual statement that is often personalized into this very, very short time frame. And so we're just piling information on employees during a two to three week window around annual enrollment, and then we're silent the rest of the year. Really, the best results are created when, when benefits communication happens throughout the year in smaller nudges that help people take action. So the benefit statement is great as long as it's not the only piece of communication that goes out to employees. Okay, thanks. Now, um, you mentioned websites, and we're talking about benefit statements. So in general, what media get used? Do you have preference? Is it better print or email or website or what? 
the, the best approach, and certainly my preference, is to use every channel that you possibly can and, and make sure that you're communicating benefits in multiple channels, in multiple formats, so that you can connect with uh, both capturing the attention of your employees and communicating them in a way that they can absorb the information. So some people want just the top line info, some people are going to want all of the details, some are going to watch a video, some are going to skim a newsletter article. You really have to provide a variety of channels to meet the needs of a very, very diverse workforce. And there's no magic formula for which channel works best or what you should be using at which frequency. Uh, It's really about having a good mix that you know reaches your employees and then communicating frequently. Okay, thank you. Now, um, I'm wondering what sort of mistakes uh, people tend to make or what common barriers there are to uh, good benefits communication. Well, the, the biggest barrier to good communication is just simply having the resources for it. So benefits teams are, are stretched for time. You know, they are doing more than ever before with smaller teams and there's a tremendous amount of complexity to keep up with day to day. So often they they just have not allocated the resources in terms of the team's time and the the budget dollars to do communication in the best way. And that's what that's what we see as the as the most common barrier. Once you make the switch and really start putting the resources behind benefits communication, you can have tremendous, tremendous results and create a tremendous impact, but it's very, very challenging for teams to, uh, to, to do it themselves with the additional workload that they're already handling. So if uh, lack of resources is the biggest problem, I guess that brings us right to ROI and um, mm-hmm. trying to convince management of the importance of this and I I suspect that it'd be nice to have a simple metric but I suspect that measuring ROI of benefits communications is uh, is fairly challenging so what specific metrics or evaluation procedures do you recommend well the the simplest metric I would recommend is to is to look at half a percent to one percent of your benefits spend that's all you need to allocate to communication to make a huge impact. And as, especially with larger organizations, sometimes you only need a fraction of a percentage of your total benefit spend to make a big impact. So that's the, that's the simple metric. Your total benefits communication budget is going to be this teensy tiny piece of your benefits budget. But more complicated to what you said is really calculating the full ROI. And there's a tremendous value in better communication, both in terms of how employees use the programs and how they feel about the programs. So what you want to do to calculate the the ROI for your organization is have a strategy that ties to the business results you're trying to achieve. So if that business result is moving people into high-deductible health plans, there should be a dollar associated with that and you can see how communication will help you get there. If the business result is better engagement across benefits to reduce retention, you should be able to to pin a dollar number to that and then see how the communication is going to get you there. So the ROI is really different 
depending on what you're trying to achieve as an organization. Well, thank you. That's great. Now, once you have calculated an ROI, what uh, effective means are there for communicating that to senior management and the, perhaps board of directors? Mm-hmm. Well, if, if you have done the work to calculate the ROI, it should be easy to communicate that to the senior management or boards because that's the language that they speak in, is what is this investment going to produce in terms of the return? And our, our clients are often presenting to their senior leadership both the, the budgets and the, the expected outcomes from a communication strategy, as well as just the overall approach and how it ties to the employee experience and what they're, how it's connected to the overall HR and business strategy. So getting that in the language of senior management is a huge opportunity. Okay, great. Now, is there um, software or are there technology solutions that can assist uh, people with benefits communication? Absolutely. There's an incredible spectrum of software and technology solutions that, that support communication and support employee engagement and benefits as well as almost all of the benefit providers out there, whether it's a wellness company or a financial service or a healthcare company, almost all of them have some sort of technology solution that support their product and service. Uh, So there's no shortage of tools out there for benefits communication. The challenge though is the employer really connecting all of them and creating an employee experience that's consistent and that's branded and that connects to working for that organization and really emphasizing the the investment that's being made in employees. So many employers would like to think, oh, well, there's just, there's one technology solution out there that's going to solve all of our communication challenges. And and I wish that were the case. I, I really wish that were the case. But the reality is, an employer has to own that brand and really connect all the pieces in the benefits ecosystem and help employees really see how things meet their needs. So that is, that's the other reason that we are such big fans of having a branded benefits website that's that front door to the employee experience or to all the different providers that are out there because that can be highly branded really focused on the employee and then push to all of the software and technology solutions that can solve individual needs. That's very helpful. Thank you. Now, what about uh, regulatory aspects of benefits communications? Are there things that people have to watch out for? Absolutely. There is, there's a tremendous burden on employers to keep up with the compliance aspects of communication and the, the notifications that must go out and so forth. But what I think is, is very helpful to think about is really separating compliance requirements from engaging employee communication. So over here, we have Compli- all of the compliance requirements, your SPDs, your summary material modifications, your SBCs, you know, all of the documents that have to go out about your retirement plans and so forth. And that is compliance to 
keep the attorneys happy and to make sure that your plans are, are following the letter of the law. And that is very critical. But those materials and and the, those compliance communications do not engage employees. And they are not educational in nature, no matter how hard they try to be. So we need to be in compliance all the time, but you really need a separate marketing effort to get employees educated and engaged with their benefits. And that often doesn't really connect with the compliance materials at all. Though the marketing effort can be heavily branded, really consumer-oriented, employee-oriented, you know, it should feel like a, a sexy, fun marketing campaign that you would see for a consumer product. And that's the way that you get, you really get employees engaged. And unfortunately, so much time and money and resources goes to the compliance that many organizations never get around to the really engaging marketing communications. And it's a huge missed opportunity. Well, that's very helpful. Thank you for that. Now, do you have a, um, a case study or some kind of real-life example of a situation where calculating the ROI and uh, was, was helpful to the employer in, uh, in getting program approved? Sure. I, I will talk about one of our best just by-the-book case studies, and that's the work that we did with Adobe a few years ago to launch their high-deductible plan with an HSA. And Adobe is such a fun organization to work with because they have a, just an incredible commitment to their employees and it's a, an incredible dynamic company. And when they were looking at introducing a, a health savings account option, they wanted to really do it the right way and really get employees educated about this plan. So we did, we did focus groups, we uh, built an external website. We crafted a really, really high-touch campaign. And they knew about the potential business result that would, that would be created by a large number of employees moving into the health savings account option and having a good experience with it because that's a, that's a key part. So we helped map out an, an entire strategy from plan design to enrollment communication to, to ongoing communication that was a significant investment, but by doing a really, really high touch, using every channel possible, all of the creativity, all of the best practices, we were able to move 62% of employees into that plan in the first year. Now that was an incredible first year enrollment. I think the highest that I've ever ever heard of without without it being a, a full replacement option. And uh, by moving that many employees into the plan, it was an incredible savings in terms of uh, the, the, the value of having all those HSA contributions and the lower health plan costs to the company. So an immediate, incredible business result created that the communication dollar was just a tiny fraction of. But what's really neat about them is we didn't stop the communication uh, after folks were in that plan. We did really robust, ongoing education for the employees in that plan and have them really engaged with how to use that plan the best way, how to navigate through the healthcare system, and so forth. 
And so in the second year, we bumped up the overall enrollment in that plan to 70%. And we have employees that have really gotten their arms around how to best use that, that plan for their current needs as well as saving for their future. So the, the layers and layers of business results that have been created from this communication investment are, are tremendous. Uh, and it's something that, that the communication investment has, has paid for itself probably 100 times over in terms of the other, other value. Wow, that's a great example. So all of this has been very, very helpful. Do you have any final tips for our listeners about successful benefits communication? I think my my final tip would would just be to communicate more frequently. That's the biggest opportunity for the majority of companies. We've seen that with our Inside Benefits Communications Survey. Only a small portion of, of employers truly communicate year-round. And that is a, the biggest opportunity for employers to get folks engaged in using these plans throughout the year, not just focusing on them during that annual enrollment cycle. Jennifer, um, thanks so much for joining us today and providing these very helpful tips. Absolutely. My pleasure. Always, always a delight to chat with you. To learn more about the services that Jennifer and her team at Ben's Communications provides, visit benscommunications.com. That's B-E-N-Z communications.com. Listeners, please let me know what HR work should cover next. Uh, sbruce at blr.com. Thanks for being with us today. This is Steve Bruce for HR Works. The opinions expressed on HR Works do not represent legal or any other type of professional advice and should not be used as a substitute for legal advice from a qualified attorney licensed in your state.